Welcome to the podcast, Interior Integration for Catholics. Interior Integration for Catholics brings to you in each episode the best psychological information essential for your human formation, knowledge that is fundamental in shoring up the natural foundation for your Catholic spiritual life. Now, often it's said that if you want to start an argument, bring up sex, politics, or religion. Those are the tried-and-true, surefire ways to stoke disagreement among people. Now, this podcast helps you to focus inward on your own interior integration to help you bring together the different parts of yourself into unity and harmony with God. So we're going to leave the politics and social justice questions and societal reform efforts and climate change and all those big-picture, macro-level, externally-focused topics out of our conversation. So that leaves us with sex and religion. And we're going to take on both of them together today because in this podcast, we confront the tough internal questions we Catholics have in our day-to-day lives. We confront head-on our struggles in the natural realm, the psychological difficulties that keep us from fully loving our Lord and Our Lady in a deep, personal, intimate way, and living out our vocations, including our vocation to Christian marriage, which necessarily brings in both sexuality and religion. And we're dealing with sexuality and religion in this episode for two primary reasons. First, to free you to love God our Father, Jesus our brother, the Holy Spirit, and our Mother Mary more and more over time. And secondly, to love your neighbor as yourself. And who is your neighbor? Well, if you are married, your first neighbor, your closest neighbor, the neighbor toward whom you have the most responsibilities is your spouse because of your marriage vows. Remember the marriage vows? They go something like this. I, Peter, take you, Pamela, to be my wife. I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. I'm clinical psychologist Peter Malinowski, and I am here with you to be your host and guide. This podcast is part of Souls and Hearts, our online outreach at soulsandhearts.com, which is all about shoring up the natural foundation for the Catholic spiritual life, all about overcoming psychological obstacles to being loved and to loving God and neighbor. This is episode 58. Released on March 8th, 2021, it's the 10th episode in our series on sexuality, and it's the second one in our sub-series on Catholic marriages. Now, way back in episode 50, the second one in this overall series on sexuality, we explored what a healthy, ordered, fully Catholic sexuality looks like. Now we are zeroing in on sexuality within Catholic marriages, and we're going to diagnose some extremely common relational problems between Catholic spouses that get expressed through how they relate sexually. So this episode is titled, The Catholic Marriage Bed. So get ready, prepare yourself for the light bulbs to switch on and shine brightly as we explore new and much clearer ways of thinking about sexual intimacy in Catholic marriages grounded in the perennial teachings of the Catholic Church and informed by the best of psychology. I'm doing this sub-series on sexuality within Catholic marriages because I want you to have ways out of the sexual traps 
that so many Catholic married couples find themselves in, those negative cycles, those problematic repeating patterns that are so frustrating, that cause so much conflict, that harm people, even Catholic spouses who so want to do the right thing, who so want to love God, who so want to love their spouse, but they just can't figure out how how to deal with their situation. I am here to help you with that. And even if you're not trapped in some negative cycle like that, even if your marriage is sound, even if that marital love is growing, even if sexually things are going pretty well, there's going to be so much in these episodes to deepen your understanding, to deepen your awareness, to increase your empathy, to help you with your commitments, and to help you love your spouse better. So we are discussing the marriage bed. And now what do I mean by that? I'm using the image of a canopy bed to illustrate all the psychological and relational aspects in the natural realm that go into a vibrant, life-giving, Catholic married sexuality. We're going to be painting a word picture here, a conceptual diagram of a canopy bed with all the pieces of that bed named, labeled, and defined to show how all the parts of the bed are essential to a grounded, peaceful, harmonious, shared sexual life in Catholic marriage. But let's first review the lay of the land, the current situation in marriage. We're going to start with a broad overview here. And the key word about marriage in our era, I think, is confusion. A lot of confusion about sexuality in our culture today. We have a wider array of generally socially accepted sexual practices and attitudes in our land that has ever existed before. The internet has provided a forum to bring together people who practice all kinds of different sexual activities. And at no point in history have we ever had a greater amount of disagreement about what a healthy sexual life looks like. We've moved far away from natural law, guiding our culture in the United States. And things that were obvious even 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, are now being questioned. Can a man become a woman? That's now an open question being debated in our society. Can two men and a woman all be in the same marriage? Can a woman marry a dolphin? Right in 2006, a British millionaire named Sharon Tendler married a dolphin, or at least attempted to marry a dolphin named Cinderella at the Eilat Reef. So there's a lot of confusion, not just in our culture, but also in our church about what a healthy, ordered, Catholic, sexual, intimate life looks like. We reviewed this in episode 50, but just a a quick overview with a little bit more data. Survey data shows that Catholics have a wide range of opinions on sexual morality and that most Catholics don't actually agree with perennial Catholic Church teaching on sexual morality. For example, a Pew 2014 survey of more than 7,200 Catholics, 57% favor or strongly favor same-sex marriages. A Pew survey in 2016 of 817 Catholics found that only 8% of Catholics believe using contraception, artificial contraception, is morally wrong. 41% of Catholics believed that it's morally acceptable, and 48% believed it wasn't a moral issue at all. A Pew 2019 survey of 675 adult Catholics, 62% of those Catholics said that casual sex between consenting adults who are not in a committed relationship is always or at least sometimes acceptable. 
Only 22% of Catholics said that consensual, casual sex is never acceptable. There's a wide diversity of attitudes around sexual morality among Catholics. And there's also, to be really frank about this, a wide diversity of sexual practices among Catholics. Now, it's hard to get accurate, solid, recent data on sexual practices broken out by religion. But when you talk to people in the consulting room, when they're in your office, you find out things. You find out things about oral sex, role play sex, mutual masturbation, viewing pornography together, using sex toys together, and going beyond all that into anal sex, fetishes of various kinds, bondage, the list goes on and on and on. And in our culture, the global sex toy market for last year was $34 billion. $34 billion spent worldwide on sex toys, for example. That's $4.50 spent on sex toys for every man, woman, and child on the planet. And tens of billions, with estimates ranging up to $100 billion U.S. dollars, are spent each year on pornography. But those are statistics. Let's talk about people. Let's talk about actual human beings. Much more personally, for many Catholic spouses, their sexual experiences in their marriages are a great source of distress, pain, and confusion. There's that word again, confusion. I'm just going to highlight a few of the things that come up. This is nothing like an exhaustive list, but often there's real strong internal conflicts in Catholics about what's morally right and wrong in their sexual relationship with their spouse. There's disagreements among Catholic spouses about sexual practices. And a lot of times those spouses have limited ways to communicate and resolve conflicts when there's disagreement about what should be done in the bedroom, what should be done sexually in the marriage bed. Another issue is this inability for Catholic spouses to communicate readily about intimate sexual matters. There's feelings of being devalued in the sexual aspects of the marital relationship for so many spouses, both men and women, both husbands and wives. There's feelings of being used sexually, exploited, neglected. And this is not just in marriages where there's some kind of domestic violence or something like that. This is in marriages where there is a strong commitment to Catholicism. High levels of dissatisfaction in the sexual relationship and in sexual intimacy more generally. Not feeling seen, known, heard, understood, or accepted as a person in the sexual experiences that Catholic spouses have. Not feeling safe and secure. Not feeling protected in the sexual relationship. There are so many times where people come in and they lack anyone that can provide reassurance or a comforting word in their social circles. So there's this isolation, this alienation around sexual matters, around sexual intimacy in the marriage. So a lot of times that people don't feel cherished or treasured by their Catholic spouse in the Catholic marriage. For women especially, there's lots of silent grief and a deep sense of loss. For men, a lot of anger and bitterness about sexual intimacy. Often that anger is a way to protect against the same kinds of grief and loss that women feel more immediately. Also, there's shame. And we did this whole series on shame from episodes 37 to 49. 13 episodes on shame. And episode 49 is particularly relevant because that's where we opened this whole series on sexuality. We talked about sexuality and shame. And then we have what we talked about in the last episode, the big main psychological factor 
for why Catholic marriages fail, and that's how unmet needs drive behaviors, sometimes in a desperate way. So those unmet needs, and more importantly, how we respond to those unmet needs, that can be something that's just so huge in marriages, where we burden marriages with all kinds of unmet attachment needs that go back to when we were kids. So we're going to cut through the confusion. We're going to bring light into the marriage bedroom. We're going to look at this marriage bed, this Catholic marriage bed, really closely. Now, the marriage bed is an image. It's a metaphor to represent the shared sexual life in a, in a sacramental Catholic marriage. And I'm going to do it this way in part for all you visual learners out there. Podcasts are great for auditory learners. They pick it up by ear. They resonate really with the voice. They get it through the sound. But if you're more of a visual learner, we're going to invoke your imagination to help you visualize this metaphor of a Catholic marriage bed. And that may be really helpful to you. All right, so we're going to start... In this episode, with a brief overview of the parts. This is just an overview. We're going to be going into much greater depth about all of the elements of the Catholic marriage bed and what they represent about the sexual intimacy between sacramentally married Catholic spouses. All right, so let's just get into this overview. What do we have in a canopied marriage bed? Well, we have the floor. We'll start with the floor, very important. We have the four legs of the bed. We have the frame and the box spring. Then on top of that, we have the mattress. We're working our way up. Then we have the bottom sheet. And we have the top sheet. And we have two pillows. And then we have the blankets. And we have four bedposts rising up. And I want you to imagine these bedposts as being like two spirals intertwined, kind of like the double helix structure of DNA. Four bedposts rising up because it's a canopy bed, remember. Then we have the canopy and we have the curtains, right? This is a very fancy bed that we've got here going. And then we also have the shams, which go over the pillows. We have the bedspread and we have the bed skirt. I actually had to look up what those things were because I really didn't know all the names of those things. Uh, My wife knew all the names of those when we were discussing this imagery, and she reminded me that we really needed to have the shams, uh, the bedspread, and the bed skirt. I also forgot the blankets, but one of my kids helped fill that in. So, All right, so now we're going to start with this overview, this description of each part of the bed, and I'm going to just lay out in a big conceptual overview what each part of the bed symbolizes in Catholic married sexual life, what each part of the bed, what each piece of the bed represents. So we're going to start from the floor. I want you to know up front that this is not going to be the last word. This is just the overview. This whole episode is just to give you an idea of what this marriage bed, what this Catholic marriage bed looks like. We're going to go into a much deeper discussion of each part of the bed, each piece of the bed, and how it's related to the other pieces in future episodes. But for now, let's just start from the floor up. The rock-solid floor in the bedroom is the foundation, right? And that is the presence of God. That's the active belief in God's providence. That's our Lord supporting the Catholic sacramental sexual intimacy in the marriage. That's where we start, with the floor. Then we have four legs. 
Now remember, we're working in the natural realm. I'm really talking about the natural realm here. Obviously, it's all supported on the floor. That's God's providence. But when I build out this bed, you're going to see that I'm really talking about what in the natural realm goes into a Catholic sacramental marriage. So the four legs. Leg number one, the husband's commitment to his own interior integration the husband's commitment to his own human formation, his own psychological health, his own emotional well-being, his own efforts to remove the beam from his own eye, his own self-awareness, all of that stuff right there is leg one. The husband's commitment to his own interior integration. Leg number two. Some of you have already got this one, right? That's the wife's commitment to her own interior integration, her own human formation, her own psychological health, her own emotional well-being. It's the wife's taking on her own personal responsibility for her natural life. Leg three is attachment theory. Attachment theory is really important because it addresses ways to really get at those unmet psychological, relational, and emotional needs that we discussed in the last episode. That was episode 57, the one main psychological reason why Catholic marriages fail, those unmet needs and our maladaptive responses to trying to get those needs met through our marriages in ways that are really impossible. Attachment theory shines a light on all of that. And it is so important that I see it as one of the legs of this model that I'm building. So that's leg three. Leg number four, internal family systems approaches. Now, with internal family systems, as many of you have heard me talk about before, we really get to understand how the human person is both a unity and a multiplicity. Like we have one God and three persons, right? You have the unity and the multiplicity. We also are one, but we also have parts. We have modes of operating. And understanding those modes of operating, understanding our parts, is so helpful in explaining why we feel the way we do, why we act the way we do, why we have the impulses we do, why we have the desires we do. And those parts of us, those modes of operating, have a tremendous impact on the way that we interact with our spouses sexually. So those are the four legs. The husband's commitment to his own interior growth the wife's commitment to her own internal integration, attachment theory, and internal family systems approaches. Four legs. Four legs standing on the floor. The floor is the presence of God. It's that belief in God's providence, in God's goodness, in his love for us. All right, so we've got the floor. We've got the legs. That brings us to the frame in the box spring. The frame in the box spring in this canopy bed is what holds the whole bed together. It's the frame that holds the bed together, the four legs all held together by the frame. And it represents the firm commitment between the husband and the wife, the upholding of the marriage vows, the covenant, right? I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. That's how my marriage vows went to my wife, Pamela, right? So, that's what we're talking about with the frame and the box spring. That's, that's the part that ties the four legs together. It's the commitment. It's the belief in the covenant, the indissolubility of Catholic sacramental marriage. 
And with that, the charity, it's the willing of the highest good to each other. Now, this is not a feelings thing, really. This is an act of the will. This is love as an act of the will. It doesn't bring in a lot of emotion necessarily. That's not what the frame and the box bring are about. That, all that emotional stuff, the empathetic attunement, that's the mattress, right? That's the mattress. That's the softer part, right? That's where we really get to know our spouse, really being, really being able to enter in to the phenomenological world of our spouse and understand our spouse as our spouse really is in that spouse's needs, in, those, in that spouse's parts or modes of operating. That's what we're talking about with the mattress, So what's above the mattress? The bottom sheet. And the bottom sheet is the sexual attraction. It's the intensity of sexual passions. It's the orgasms. It's all that stuff. All the intensity of sexual feelings and body sensations. What's above the bottom sheet? Well, the top sheet. And the top sheet represents the communication between the Catholic spouses how they communicate, what they say and don't say, what they cover up and what they don't cover up. Vulnerability or self-protection, it's all wrapped up, if you will, in the top sheet. Then on the bed, there's two pillows, and those two pillows represent the acceptance of who the husband is right now, who he actually is, not who the husband may want himself to be or who the wife may want him to be, but an acceptance from both the husband and the wife about who the husband is right now. And the other pillow is the accepting of who the wife actually is right now as well, both by the wife herself and by the husband. This doesn't mean that we're embracing everything that the spouse does sexually in the marriage bed. We're just accepting the realities as they are in order to conform ourselves to what actually is happening and to what actually exists. And then above that, we've got the blankets. This represents human warmth. This is emotional connection. This is the warm fuzzies. This is the the snuggling up on a cold winter night and just enjoying being with each other that's not infused with the intensity of sexual passion. Then rising up at the corners of the bed, we have the four bedposts. Remember, these are the ones that are intertwined spirals like a double helix. Now, these four bedposts represent the four sets, the four pillars of resilience that I introduced to you in this podcast almost a year ago, back in March of 2020 in episode four. What are the four sets? Well, the four sets are mindset, heart set, body set, and soul set. Mindset is essentially a frame of mind. Our mindset is the position of our intellect. It's how we apply reason to our situation and our experiences. Heart set, what's that? Heart set is the dispositions or orientation of our heart. It's the emotional and and intuitive ways of my heart. And heart set is essential to our emotional states and the positions we take because of our feelings. Body set, what's that? Body set is all about how our body affects us, how our physical reactions, our bodily reactions impact us and our dispositions and our inclinations. 
We are embodied beings. We are body and soul composites, and our physical bodies have a huge impact on us. So our body set is the impact of our bodily states on us. So for example, if we're exhausted from a lack of sleep, it's going to have an impact on everything else that's going on in and around the marriage bed. Soul set That is essentially our attitude of soul. It's the disposition of our spirit. It's how our soul is oriented. And it can operate independently of mindset and heart set. Our soul set reflects how we see God and how we see ourselves in relationship with God, how we see God viewing us. All right. So what's above the four bedposts? Well, that's where we get the canopy and the curtains. And the canopy and the curtains, they cover the bed. And this can be out of privacy, out of modesty, protecting the intimacy of married sexual love. Or it can also be a way for one spouse to imprison the other in silence, hiddenness, or unhealthy secrecy. We're going to cover the difference between those two things, right? Because it's a sticky wicket. It can sometimes be hard for spouses to figure out like what's really appropriate privacy, you know, because of the intimacy of the sacramental bond, because of the, of the closeness of the marital embrace, the union, the sexual union, and really what is a way of manipulating, controlling, gaslighting, and so forth. And then that leaves us the sham, the bedspread, and the bed skirts. And these things are really important. Some people may say, oh, they're absolutely unnecessary, but they're really important in our model because these things cover up the bed. These things give a favorable impression, maybe even a false or misleading impression to the world of what the canopied Catholic marital bed looks like, keeping the real bed under wraps, as it were. So I'm going to go through this again. We're just going to review it just so you get an image of the the overall canopied Catholic marriage bed, right? We've got the floor. It's the presence of God, his providence, and our faith in that. That's the foundation. Then the four legs. Leg one, the husband's commitment to his own interior integration and his own human formation. Leg two, the wife's commitment to her own interior integration, her own human formation. Leg three is attachment theory. Leg four is internal family systems thinking or parts thinking more generally. The frame and the box spring. That is the firm, unwavering commitment of the husband to his marriage vows and the wife to her marriage vows. And the thing about this is that it's a commitment that each of them makes separately and independently. It's not that one commitment should be dependent on the other. Oh, I'll carry out my marriage vows as long as you carry out yours. No, this is something that is not a contingency. It's not dependent on what the other person does or doesn't do. So above that, Above the frame and the box spring, we have the mattress, and that's the empathetic attunement that the spouses have for each other or that they don't have for each other. We have the bottom sheet, which is sexual attraction, the intensity of sexual passion, or not, as the case may be. We've got the top sheet, which is the communication between the spouses, whether that's rich and full and deep and nuanced, or whether it, in some cases, it's practically non-existent. We've got the pillows which is the self-acceptance and the spouse acceptance. 
We've got the blankets, which are the human warmth and the emotional connection. And we have the four bedposts. Remember, these are two spirals intertwined, like the double helix structure of the DNA, which represents one strand being the husband's mindset, heart set, body set, and soul set for each of these four corner posts, and the other being the wife's, right? Because there's a deep connection between mindsets, between husband and wife, between body sets, heart sets, and soul sets. That's why I've got that double helix structure that goes up in these, in these, in these bedposts. Then we have the canopy and the curtains to protect privacy and propriety or to hide dysfunction, to hide exploitation, maybe even to hide abuse. And then we have the sham, the bedspread, and the bed skirt, which are used to cover up the real bed and to give some impression of the state of this married life to the world. So we've only just begun to work with this metaphor. So starting in the next episode, we're going to walk step by step through all these elements of the Catholic marriage bed, through all the components of married Catholic sexual life. We're going to cover all the bases slowly and thoroughly so that all the components, all the pieces become clear. We're going to look at what each part of the Catholic marriage bed looks like when it's healthy. And we're also going to look at what can go wrong with each part of the bed. What's the impact on the rest of the bed? What's the impact on the rest of the sacramental marital sexual life? Just as important. We're going to look at how all the pieces of the marriage bed, healthy or unhealthy, are related to each other, how they interconnect, and how those elements of Catholic married sexual life can change over time. So let me give you an example of that so that you kind of get a sense of what I'm talking about. So do you remember the bed frame and the box spring? So let's say that in our hypothetical situation between two married Catholic spouses, both spouses remain committed to the marriage. Neither spouse has significant intentions to divorce the other. There's a desire for the relationship to work out. There's a commitment to the marriage. But also let's remember legs one and legs two, which are connected to the frame, right? Leg one is the husband's commitment to his own interior integration, his own human formation. And leg two is the wife's commitment to her own interior integration, her own human formation. Now let's say that one of the spouses, let's just say it's the wife in this case, doesn't seem willing to work on her interior integration. She seems to be ignoring her stuff, not putting the effort into healing and growing on the natural level, right? Maybe she's got some unresolved trauma, goes back to her childhood, maybe some history of sexual abuse. She doesn't want to touch it, and she also doesn't really want to be engaging in sexual relations with the husband because of all the stuff that it brings up about her past, which is more recently surfaced. Okay, so there's a critical word here in that the wife seems to be unwilling, all right? That word seems is very significant because we might just be looking at appearances that might not actually reflect the totality of where she is with working on her stuff. She might not know how, or she might need some support. But let's just say for the sake of argument that it's true, that the wife really is dominated by parts that are entrenched in a defensive protective position, and they are not letting anyone in at this time, and that's just that's just how it is, at least for now. Well, so for the moment, you have a three-legged bed. A three-legged bed is not as stable as a four-legged bed, but it's still workable. There's still hope for this situation over time. And we're going to discuss how as we go through this whole series 
using this metaphor of the canopied Catholic marriage bed. So we are not just discussing each of the parts of the Catholic marriage bed in detail. We're not just describing each of the components of Catholic married sexual life. We're not just discussing the function of each part of the bed. We're also discussing how all the parts of the bed work together. That's what's called a dynamic model. Dynamic models are models that include an element of time, especially allowing for how interactions between different parts of the model that is the bed in our case, how those different parts of the model change over time, how those interactions change and move and become different over time. Now, I've got some homework for you. I don't always give homework, but this is important. And I'm going to encourage you to start drawing your own canopied marriage bed. You don't have to be a great artist. I can hear the protestations already, right? I can't draw. You don't have to be a great artist. It's a matter of drawing lines and maybe a few curves. Start drawing your own marriage bed with your own insights and your own realizations about each of the parts. Maybe you've already had some realizations just in visualizing what a Catholic marriage bed looks like. Maybe you've already started to put the pieces together. All right, it's important to get them down. Let's put them into words. Let's put them into pictures. Let's put them on paper. Here's the other thing. See if your spouse would be willing to listen to this episode and the upcoming episodes with you. These episodes can be real conversation starters. Don't just assume that your spouse won't be interested. Pray about it and let grace work. Now, if you don't have a spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your fiance, all of those would work as well, even if you're not in a sexual relationship, because all kinds of sexual things are still going on, even when you're courting or dating. Widows and widowers, this also works in a retrospective, right? You can use it also to evaluate your parents' marriage or other marriages that are important to you in one way or another. Now, If you're in the Resilient Catholics community, I am going to post a line drawing of a canopy bed in our app that you can download and print off. So, you know, if you don't want to draw it and you're in the in the Resilient Catholics community, the RCC, look for that. That's going to be coming up. Now, if you're not in the Resilient Catholics community, get on the waiting list to join the RCC. Go to soulsandhearts.com backslash RCC to sign up. There's no obligation to join just because you got on the waiting list. You can decide that later, but you will get, in the meantime, all kinds of cool free stuff. For example, I'm going to email you this line drawing of the canopy bed on Friday, March 12th, along with another free gift if you're on the waiting list. I really want people to start signing up for the wait list. I'm so excited about the reopening of our Resilient Catholics community, which we're planning for June. Now, speaking of the RCC waiting list, I have a special event just for people who are on that waiting list. This is not for RCC current members. This is for the people that are on the waiting list. Uh, You're all invited to a Zoom meeting on Tuesday, April 6th. 2021, from 7.30 to 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm going to make a brief presentation on Catholicism, sexuality, and parts. That's that IFS stuff. Then we're going to have an Ask Me Anything section where I will field your questions or comments and we're going to start a great discussion. This can be live streamed and we're going to record it so that other people on the RCC waiting list will be able to access that and see it after the fact. 
I'm also going to discuss the resilient Catholics community. We're going to talk about how the RCC focuses on human formation. We're going to look at the monthly themes that are coming up for the RCC, the membership benefits, office hours, the weekly premium podcast that's just exclusively for RCC members. We talk about our private app with our discussion boards. We'll talk about subscription rates and all kinds of things like that. We're also going to discuss what you're really needing, what you're really looking for in an online community that focuses on human formation. We're going to answer questions you have about the Resilient Catholics community. You can send me questions. If you can't make it in person or if you just prefer to do it this way, you can send me questions that you have. And for that Ask Me Anything section to me at my email at crisisatsoulsandhearts.com or via my cell phone at 317-567-9594. So if you love the Interior Integration for Catholics podcast and you're not yet part of the Resilient Catholics community, come on and join us. It's all about transformation. It's all about preparing the way for love in our souls. It's all about living out our vocations. It's all about being together as Catholics on a journey, on a mission to really enter into an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our brother, the Holy Spirit who is love himself, and with our spiritual parents, God the Father and Mary, our mother. It's all about sharing our experiences in that journey, in that mission. So get on the waiting list, soulsandhearts.com backslash RCC. That's how you get on, soulsandhearts.com backslash RCC, stands for Resilient Catholics Community. Or if you have trouble with that, uh, email me at crisis at soulsandhearts.com and I'll help you out. All right, so for our current RCC members, we have a premium podcast coming out on Tuesday, March 9th. 2021 on marriage, beds, and parts. We're going to talk about how our parts react to the whole imagery around beds. It's a really interesting way to learn about our system. And for our current RCC members as well, we also have our second Wednesday Zoom meeting coming up from 7.30 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. on Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. That's for RCC members. It's all about parts, sex, and marriage. Catholic therapists who are listening... We have reopened the interior therapist community. The landing page is at soulsandhearts.com backslash ITC. Really excited about that. That's all about the human formation of Catholic therapists because what's good for our clients is good for us. We're also going to be doing a special podcast for you in the ITC on work-life balance. It's going to focus especially on relationships and particularly on marriages. I'm going to ask you to subscribe to this podcast. If you're not subscribed, figure it out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon. Share the Interior Integration for Catholics podcast on social media. we got sharing buttons on our website, soulsandhearts.com backslash IIC for Interior Integration for Catholics. Get the word out there. Let people know that you really like this podcast, that this podcast is different, that it somehow captures something that other podcasts don't. Next week, Episode 59, we're going to start with the floor, the spiritual foundation of confidence in God's providence, and we're also going to get to some of the legs, right? Attachment theory and internal family systems. We're also going to start bringing in the Greek words for seven different kinds of love. The Greeks, they had great ways of making really nuanced distinctions in internal experiences, including love. So look for that coming up. All right, finally, feedback, right? Let me know how these episodes are landing with you. Some of you already have. We, the last episode, man, that one just exploded. We're really tapping into things with this whole series on sexuality in marriage. It's such a huge hunger out there and a huge need. So 
Give me feedback. Get in touch with me at my email, crisis at soulsandhearts.com, on my cell phone, 317-567-9594. Let me know. All right. And with that, it's a wrap. We're going to invoke our patroness and our patron, our lady, our mother, untire of knots. Pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. Pray for us.